Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning. Scott Luton and Greg White here with you on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's big time live stream. Greg, how you doing? Well, I'm good. I'm back in the home studio, coming fresh off of a win on Sunday. A little rough from from maybe some enthusiasm and also some spirited discussions about the NFL's overtime rules. But I am here and ready to talk supply chain. What a trooper. What a trooper. All right. So really quick question in a nutshell. Yep. The best food you got while you're tailgating in that Kansas City, uh, gorgeous, packed, loud stadium, and a big win over the Bills. Favorite yeah, the food. best food that there is on the planet, barbecued brisket. Yeah, fantastic. So, Did you bring it, some for us today? I did, but it didn't make it home. I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> well, hey, we're glad to have you back. I know it's been a, a busy, crazy time of travel, big wins, big business, and hey, today's episode kind of follows along those lines. Today, yeah, exactly. It's all about global supply chains, greatest power, I would say, Greg. It's people. And we're going to be talking and asking and answering the key question, are business leaders doing enough to support their people during these turbulent times? Greg, we get two of our favorite people in industry joining us. We're going to be featuring Paul Noble and Christine Barnhart from Verison, a company on the move that is powering the material truth. Greg, are you ready for today's conversation? I am ready. Yes. I have many fun conversations with Paul about supply chain, so I'm looking forward to yet another. <laughs> Wonderful. But hey, all the folks in the skyboxes, the cheap seats, call it what you will, buckle up and get ready because we want to hear from you too. All right. So Greg, we're going to say hello to a few folks in just a second, but really quick, I want to uh, make sure folks know that nominations are open for our 2022 Global Supply Chain and Procurement Awards, right? We've got nine different award categories. In fact, Verison was one of our award winners last year, or, or two years ago, rather, uh, when we did these live at Modex. That was fun. Yeah. It doesn't matter where your operation is or where your people are. The entire globe is open. And better, best part about this, Greg, is that nomination fees are all getting donated to our friends at Hope for Justice, a nonprofit on the move, right? Yeah, no doubt. I mean... I think it's brilliant what you and, excuse me, Kelly and Phil Addison have done to not only, first of all, combine supply chain and procurement as they are so tightly woven so often, but to produce a global award and then to do so much good for charity. Of course, you know, Hope for Justice is all about human trafficking and mm. slavery. So any impact we can have on that is appropriate, right? Because we know that some of those issues exist in the supply chain world today. Excellent point. Yeah. So folks, you can learn more at supplychainprocurementawards.com. Real creative. Supply chain procurement awards and easy. It's genius. Com. We ought to give them a nickname, Scott. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think they have the Skippies as coined by one and only Greg White. Okay. So we've got a big, two big guests with us here today. Stay tuned in just a second or two as we bring them into the stream. Let's say hello to a few folks. Folks, we want to hear from you today as we walk through this conversation with Paul, Christine, and Greg. Latif is tuned in via LinkedIn. Great to see you here, Latif. Let us know where you're tuned in from. Greg, as you know, Clay Diesel Phillips is yeah. tuned in. 
part of the team making it happen. National champion, Clay Phillips. (laughs) National champion, that's right. Big fan and alum of the University of Georgia, the reigning national champs. And we should say big thanks to Clay and Amanda and Chantel and Catherine, all part of the production team, helping to make things happen here today. Benjamin Goldclang, one of our favorites. It's been for a while. He says, boys, you're looking good. Glad to be back in the live stream. Yeah. I think Benjamin is looking Man, he's looking sharp. Well, he's a big city boy now, so, right? I'm sure he's wearing his Armani suits. and. Well, I, saw, I think I saw something on social that Benjamin was doing some mentoring or maybe speaking oh, to classes or something. So, Benjamin, let us know beyond doing good things in supply chain. Let us know what yeah. you've been up to. Um, Addie Robinson tuned in from Atlanta via LinkedIn. Addie, great to have you here today. Anna McGovern. It's with us. Now, you know, you, this ring name rings a bell for you, Greg, right? Yeah. You mean she the, is a former presidential candidate? Oh, no. I, don't that one. <laughs> I bet she get, hear, hears that a lot. She's a titan in all things procurement and supply chain. Uh, she says, hello from Connecticut, guys. Amazing weekend of football. Yes, Anna, we're going to be touching on that. Let us know your favorite team. But great to see, see you here today via LinkedIn. Connecticut, Connecticut's so cold. It's a great state to watch football from, for sure. Right. Right. <laughs> right. By the fireplace. <laughs> With your hot toddy and yeah. uh, the Light beagle on. laying by the fire, maybe. I don't know. Hemingway right. book. <laughs> well, if you're a Falcons fan, you had plenty of time to read during the playoffs. And, and I say that with all humility as a, a resident Falcons fan. Okay. Umkar, hey, I've got some good news. You're part of the live stream already. We, you're on. You found the link and you're with us. Tell us where you're tuned in from there via LinkedIn. All right. Marie Hurst is with us. Marie, great to see you here. Marie says she just signed up for Modex this morning. Wow. The Modex, Greg, so it's like the biggest supply chain circus in the Western Hemisphere, right? It is. And, I mean, you know it's big when they expand one of the biggest event centers on the planet to accommodate almost solely that one show. It's yeah. amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. And Marie, great, great to have you with us here today. I admire all the things you're doing in supply chain, leading supply chain, helping to make it happen. Memory's back with us. Memory has been, she's been on fire, Greg. I don't know if I know in all your travels, if you had a chance to tune in, memory has been dropping it here lately. The supply chain insiders featuring this week. I think we're trying to do some new things with those insiders oh. features. Maybe yeah, that group. Um, That's a great group. We've got to check it out. We've got to check yeah. it out. We've got, we've got to Sign reinvent. It's yes, on LinkedIn. It's a LinkedIn group. So join well, that sucker. Join that. Join that sucker. Fluting <laughs> advice with Greg White. Join That's that right. Sucker. That's a T-shirtism. Some uh, people have a way with words, and <laughs> well, hey, I don't know the rest of it. <laughs> really quick, Farshad, thanks for joining from Tehran via LinkedIn. Pierre is back with us from the ATL via LinkedIn. Samuel's tuned in via LinkedIn. Gene Pledger from. Uh, Atlanta today is that a, is that a big event wow. in town? Crawford McCarty. This is the final thing we're going to bring in our guest. Crawford says, "How do I get a nickname? How would you say that, uh, Greg? What, how would you answer that question?" I, I would answer the question. Usually, there's beer involved for one. <laughs> That's right. Often, it's you know do something really dumb that your best friends remember you for and tag you with for the rest of your life. <laughs> so, Crawford, if you can tell on yourself. And give us be happy you don't have one. (laughs) Right. We'll come up with one, no doubt. But Crawford, great question. And thanks for being here today via LinkedIn. Okay, Greg, we have got to get to work because when you've got two of the big biggest uh, dynamos in the world of global supply chain with you on a live stream, 
we got to get them in and, and, and start picking their brain, right? So with yeah. no further ado, I want to bring in and introduce Paul Noble, CEO with Verison, and his colleague, Christine Barnhart, Vice President of Product Strategy and Go-To Market. Hey, hey, Paul, Christine, how we doing? What's up, y'all? Hey, hey, how's it going? It is so great to have y'all back. Every time you come, every time y'all make an appearance, you come with bigger and bigger and bigger news. You're as reliable as a U.S. Postal Service, folks. Well, better than that, I bet. <laughs> Onward and upward. <laughs> so, before we get into, and I love the topic we're talking about here today. You know, yeah. uh, holding up, lifting up our supply chain workforce, and hey, challenging leaders on. How are we investing? How are we supporting them? What are we giving them in terms of um, a tool belt to win and succeed and thrive? So we'll get to that in just a second. I want to start with the heavy-hitting topics, right? So I'm going to ask you all both. It is Friday. It is National Lego Day. Yes, National Lego Day. And as we all know, Lego these days is not the Legos of 1985. Take your pick. So I want to ask you all, what your, if it's not Legos, Think back to your childhood and give us one toy that is inseparable from you uh, growing up and your upbringing. So, Christine, we'll start with the world's biggest, most passionate Cincinnati Bengals fan. Congrats to your Bengals. Thank what you. would your toy be from your childhood? Well, first, I got to give everybody a big who day, right? <laughs> but, you know, I'm kind of a I wasn't a great like toy person as a child. I was kind of more of a bookie kind of a girl, but I did, I, I did have Barbies. I loved Barbie. Uh, not so much like the clothes and the accessories, but like, like her, her house and her car and, 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 you know, taking those apart and putting them back together, <laughs> which is probably why I'm an engineer. So yeah, right. <laughs> love it. I love it. My kids have some of those same vehicles and my daughters seem to put them together. And then my son destroys them. And then my daughters re-engineer and come up with new vehicles. It's amazing. Maybe they're going to be engineers too, uh, Christine. All right. So, Paul, speaking of engineering and engineering a good time as a kid, what was your toy that you couldn't part with? Yes. Super Lego fan for sure. So it's going to be fun, fun this week. My son turns five tomorrow. And so Legos are a big part of our household these days. For me, other than Lego, I would have to, you know, any any one of the, the G.I. Joe <laughs> squad. With a Kung Fu grip. Yeah, micro machines. Maybe. Oh, yeah. There you go. Matchbox cars were always a big, big uh, part of our childhood. So any of those three would, would you know, you just you just uh, named all the things I've stepped on in the last week oh, yeah. <laughs> and muttered some things out of my breath. But a lot of great toys. I remember when Micro Machines first came out. Legos were, have always been kind of pricey, and they continue to be so. So uh, we'll yes, see. Yeah. I want to share. Memory says Poly, Pack, Poly, Poly Pockets. Pockets. I remember those. Do you? Yeah. I, I don't remember them exactly, but I know that all the girls <laughs> I went to school with had those things. Yeah. The one, the one that just came to mind too, that I thought was awesome. And I actually found it at my parents' house, you know, within the last year or something. Spinges. I don't know if okay. you knew what spinges <clears throat> were. Anyway, it doesn't matter. My, it's, uh, <laughs> these little, like these little fighters that you would 
Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, like with a zip spin, and they just ran into each other. Uh, with a zip motor, yep. Made the people. At, I wonder uh, if that was a regional product, Paul. Yeah, might have been. It's like it's like euchre, right? Euchre. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, a great call out, Paul. I love that. Too. Crawford says, and Crawford may have just earned his nickname, Stomp Rockets. Crawford Stomp Rockets. Oh, yeah. Cardi. Those <laughs> had to be fun. Clay says, WWE. WWE action figures until my brothers told me it wasn't real. Probably broke his heart. That's like telling somebody there's no Santa Claus, which <laughs> there is, by the way. <laughs> Gary Smith. You got to cue the uh, the YouTube video where that, you know, it's real to me. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Gary Smith, hope this finds you well up in cold New York. Uh, Gary's doing big things in supply chain as well. Great friend of the show. Hot Wheels, also a big fan. Amanda is telling herself, love my cabbage patch dolls and fisher price kitchen she says and finally benjamin says spinja new version of beyblade i'm not familiar with beyblade uh, so i'm not sure paul might be might be i'll have to look that one up myself okay all right so we had a little bit of fun i appreciate y'all sharing um i want to dive into greg wait we got to get down to work right we got we got yeah. um two of industry leaders here and i want to start with this christine and paul and again i love the topic we're we'll talking about here today and some good news. I think we're going to be finishing on, but let's level set first. Let's level set. And Paul, I want to start with you. You know, based on this incredibly challenging environment right now, what are some of the things you're seeing out there in the marketplace? Yeah, continued, you know, continued challenges across supply chain. I know we're talking a, a big part about people. I know that you know, Greg and I, you've we've had some recent conversations, and we're talking to leadership across all sorts of different uh, manufacturing organizations, regardless of vertical or are, are having a tough time staffing up across, across their enterprise from in plant to the logistics. So, you know, that, that still remains, I think one of the big things happening, but uh, yeah, Christine, what are you seeing? Yeah. I mean, I think we still see a lot of chaos across supply chain because there's data, but nobody knows what to do with the data. It is on one side of the business, but the other side of the business doesn't have access to it. And I think, you know, one of the things that a lot of the analysts, including Gartner, are talking about is that a lot of companies are making investments um, to, to, to really get value from that. I think Gartner um, published a statistic that said, like, by 2024, 50% of supply chains will have invested in applications that support artificial intelligence and advanced analytics. And I do think that's spot on with what, you know, personally we're seeing in the market as well. Yeah. Excellent point there. Uh, and Greg, we're seeing a ton of investment, right? But, but as we're going to talk about later in the conversation, we got to be investing in the right technology. Yeah. Uh, what you're yes, we have to be clear that Excel is not technology. <laughs> right. right. I mean, the there, most there are a lot of companies that platform. are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there are a lot of companies that are investing in technology. There are a lot of companies with plans to invest in technology. But Scott, we've talked about this for a couple months now. There are a lot of companies who've kind of let out a collective sigh and thought, OK, we're past the worst of it. So we can go back to Excel. Yeah, and I think that's a really that is a really, really dangerous position to be in is to try to wait out this disruption and then think you can go back to the world where you can do it manually or with Excel or whatever. Um, the value of that data is not is not just its existence. The value of its data is the, the ability to continue to use it and to connect it, constantly connect it and control it as you use it to improve your enterprise. So. 
I love that, Greg. And Paul, I'm going to come back to you because digital transformation, if I could say it, I need my 18th cup of coffee, is the rule of the day, right? But unfortunately, technologies, they're not all the same. And some are still, some are still letting us down and failing, right? Yeah, you can't can't project your way out of this one. <laughs> so uh, no, so I think it's it's important as everyone's you know evaluating and you know putting end to end supply chain transformations together and setting out initiatives you know for track and trace by twenty thirty and all these all these you know very very desirable outcomes can't adopt it fast enough though you know, you need to you need to start doing right and it can't take five years. We don't have five years to do it. And it doesn't mean you don't plan out for, for that, you know, those end goals and that advancement in different parts of the supply chain. Um, but you can't turn, can't turn to the past to solve future problems. So I think the biggest thing we're seeing is, you know, companies making decisions quickly, uh, trying new things that sometimes may feel a little bit uncomfortable or too good to be true. But uh, there's a lot of cool stuff going out there, on out there, and and it's going to be you know we're here talking about people today. There's a lot of knowledge that exists across organizations and supply chain and supply networks and partners that needs to be harnessed outside of just the data in their systems too. I mean that's yeah. that's the X factor. I mean being able to do that is a game changer. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. All right. So Christina, I want to come to you next really quick. Let me share a couple of quick comments here. Gary Smith is echoing what I think all three are speaking to companies that do not invest in technology will not survive. But when we talk about digital transformation, technology is letting us down, Christine, anything else to add on that? And then Greg, I'm going to come to you for one quick follow-up point. Yeah. I mean, I think it's not so much that we don't see people are investing. I'm not sure they're investing in the right way. Um, you know, we did a survey last year and what it showed is that only 8% of companies were investing in AI and machine learning and that 37% of companies were still using Excel to Greg's point for that kind of day-to-day task like inventory management. So I think, um, you know, one of the things we see with supply chains, they're very strapped for resources and, and that's not just dollars. That's people and time and, you know, all of the things that go with that. And so, you know, I think digital transformation is great, um, but we've been talking about it. I mean, 15 years, right. um, you know, companies, companies are digital, right? Nobody's analog anymore, <laughs> but we're still not getting the value that being digital, you know, really promised. Yeah. Well said, Christine and the Bengals are not analog anymore. They are fully digital moving ahead. All right. So Greg, Greg I got to come to you because I want to circle back uh, with a follow-up question, Christine, but Greg, this talk about you got to move, you got to take action. You got to do as Paul said a moment ago, your thoughts. Yeah. The world has changed forever. I mean, it's not, we're not in it in the end state yet, but we'll never go back to the way the world was before the pandemic the pendulum will swing back a little bit. And the other thing is this, you know, as we've, kind of alluded to, both Paul and Christine have said, the workforce has changed. 3.6 million people in the United States alone retired or left the workforce that were not expected to that year. So, and not and 95% of those people were 55 and above. So to Paul's point, we have lost a lot of intellectual capital right. and the data that could be captured for that, you know, from that. 
And that means that these younger generations that will be taking over those roles or maybe even applying old fashioned, God help us, Christine, old fashioned technology or AI or something like that. They don't have the data to teach these engines unless they go back and access that actual intelligence for their artificial intelligence, because that's what creates artificial intelligence is actual intelligence. And if the workforce is changing at the rate that it has, even aside from that 3.6 million, millions more jobs will be automated. So we have to capture that human actual intelligence to instill it into artificial intelligence. The time for that is now, if it wasn't already before. Right? I love that. Uh, if your platform's not on fire, you need to light it. I want to um, I want to share a couple quick comments, including this one that really is going to be a, a wonderful segue. So sh I think this is Cher asking a question here, and we're going to touch on this in a moment. I think this is Cher asking leading AI software being used in supply chain management. So hold that thought, Cher. We're going to circle back on that. Memory yeah. says technology needs to be everyone's responsibility and not leave it to the IT department and engineering. Siloed deployment is futile. I love that memory. And then Marie is making the point that I'm going to take you, uh, Christine. Marie says, often we can identify the right strategies by listening to our people and then use the data to support the direction. So on that point, uh, Christine, you know, what I'm hearing all of y'all speak to and allude to in some of the comments here is fixing supply chain problems, enabling supply chain success doesn't always start with technology. Is that right, Christine? I would say it probably should never um, start with technology. It should really start with clearly defining what are the challenges and the problems that you're trying to solve. And I think a lot of companies, they rush to whatever the shiny new bright technology is, AI, blockchain, you know, multi-echelon optimization, whatever, whatever's in the hype cycle. Um, but the problem with that is if all we're doing is deploying a new technology and we're not changing our business processes, we're not critically thinking about how people interact with that technology, how it either makes their life better or worse, um, we're not going to get the value from that technology that, that we really thought we were, we would when we started. Yeah. Well said, Christine. All right. So, Paul, I'm going to give you a chance to piggyback on that. And then I'm going to pass the baton to one and only Greg White for the next segment here. Paul, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think it's outcome driven. What we're seeing more is, you know, there's opportunities for faster deployment, non-IT led outcome driven products and and in uh, really changing, you know, not over making things over complex just because that's the way it's always been done. Like you got to change the way you're looking at the outcomes that you want to drive. And, and we're seeing more and more business leaders step into, you know, strategic decision-making roles on the types of technologies that can deliver the outcomes that they desire. Like, and that, Excellent. that's a big, big, big change, uh, especially in supply chain. Excellent point. Really quick, Greg, and then I'm going to uh, come your way. Anna McGovern says, always must start with the questions. What is the problem I'm trying to solve? And technology follows. Kind of what Christine was saying. Can't apply old thinking to new shiny technology tools. All right. So, Greg, your thoughts. Where are we going next? Well, you also can't, you also can't expect those technology tools to solve the problem. I mean, that's part of the issue that we have is we think, plug it in, it's done. Right? The truth is... It takes a lot of human support, a lot of management support, and a lot of clear direction for a company to both identify 
the problem that they want to solve, the solution methodology that they want to take, and the outcomes that they require based on that as well, and keep their eye on the top or bottom line, whichever they're trying to impact with that technology and make sure that they're getting that outcome that they want. So we know that the way that people are approaching it today and for the last decade, and Paul, you said notably, especially in supply chain, the way people are approaching uh, technology hasn't worked. So help us, help us. What I mean, what do you see out there that you yeah. know that's a better option? So like for for us, and we always we always talk about it in our strategy sessions, and as we're looking at where we're expanding the platform um, for our customers, you know, we have this concept we call material truth, right? We're developing features to give people trust that they have what they need where they need it. That's what they want, right? It doesn't need to have 10 steps and right. can it be simple? Can it be fast? Can it be sustainable? And it does it deliver that. And we're not, we're not gonna, you know, develop any uh, any technology that doesn't have that as as the as the driving outcome, whether you're in procurement ops reliability engineering it you know simple is better right and uh and i think that's that's kind of the paradigm shift is you know yes supply chain is incredibly complex and it's not getting any less complex um but <laughs> we we can simplify things right so if i can and i think we can expose some things because the complexity is only a real problem if you can't see all the way through your network and your trading partners and your products, yep. right, and your inventories. So I think what you're saying is is very key to being able to understand what, now we know a lot more about the complexity before we were kind of blind to it. Now yeah, that right. we know it, we feel compelled to do something about it and what you're talking yeah. about helps get there for sure. Agreed. So I wanna dive deeper into Verison what they're doing in just a moment. But but Christine, I want to pull it back for just a second and talk about the workforce, right? Because there because we've seen those shortages in the last couple of years of major trends in the workforce that's shaping options and shaping, certainly shaping what uh, the big challenge that, that global supply chains have in front of them. Your thoughts uh, around these major workforce trends? Well, I mean, Greg already alluded to it to some extent. The baby boomers are retiring. They're really retiring in, in very large swaths. You know, the McKinsey report talked about the great resignation and more than 19 million workers in the U.S. alone were quitting their jobs. Some leaving the market, some moving to other jobs um, where, quite frankly, they felt more fulfilled. Um, they had better tools, better technologies. And I think, you know, one of the things that frustrates me is I don't see companies asking the question, why are they moving? Everybody assumes it's for money um, or, or, you know, myriad of other factors. But I think truth be told, part of it is, you know, millennials and Gen Zers, they don't like rows and columns. If you're making them work on Excel or some type of a very antiquated ERP green screen, you're probably not going to retain them. Um, so I think that that's one of the things is just the shift from a baby boomer kind of oriented workforce to a millennial Gen Z, um, Gen Xers like me, we just kind of get forgotten in the middle. But then the other part that you talked about was really kind of um, what MZ calls a demographic drought. Um, and that is labor shortages that are not going to go away. Not only are baby boomers retiring, but people in the industrialized world have not given birth 
on the scale that people are, you know, exiting, if you will. And so there is just a shortage of workers on both the national and a global front. And, and from my standpoint, what that really means is we have to be able to do more with less people. And I think necessity is the mother of all invention. And so this really pushes us um, from a supply chain standpoint to take technology that exists today and apply it in a way um, that allows companies to get a lot more value from kind of their day-to-day activities. Well said. All right. So Greg, I'm going to, I'm going to come back to you because you're going to dive a little deeper into a new savvy approach. But before we do that, I got to share some of these comments here. Memory loves outcome driven, which I think Paula Christine said earlier. She says it's outcome driven. So true, measured and sustained control of efforts. Uh, Crawford, we're going to come up with a nickname for Crawford here soon, but uh, he says sustainability is super critical. The legacy option is just a Band-Aid on supply chain strain. Tech solutions shouldn't be Band-Aids. They should be systemic revolutions. Excellent point there. And John, John Perry, great to have you back. He says Excel is the world's biggest <laughs> crutch. That is a T-shirt-ism. Lots of T-shirt-isms here today. So, Greg, with that said, with, with the backdrop Christine just provided and t- Paul teased us a moment ago about what they're doing at Verison, where are we going from that? Where are we go from here? Well, should we talk about some big developments? <laughs> Let's. Well, you know, I think there's so many. There, with so much to talk about, so little time. I think one of the things that I want to learn more from Paul and Christine. You know, we've been fortunate, uh, Greg, to have Verison and, and Paul in particular on a variety right. of shows with us. We're pretty attuned to what the material truth is, and and this and how that's part of this savvy new approach to solving old and new problems in global supply chain. But maybe there's some folks tuned in here today that don't know why Verison represents such a new innovative direction. So Paul, let's start there. Oh, I thought you wanted me to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, so start. Hey, take it, Paul. Yes. Take that, Paul. What, what is part of this new savvy approach? Tell us more. Yeah. Where, where can I start? Um, No. So it's, uh, it's been, you know, really fun being a part of you know supply chain and as we kind of dissect and simplify the complex is really a starting point for us it's the combination of data and people to you know again drive outcomes right so as we as we continue to look at you know what empowers supply chain professionals across global organizations to you know again trust that they have what they need where they need it when they need it get presented with opportunities and not you know have all these you know processes that are in place to you know to lead to mistrust and uncertainty uh, these are all things that you know we feel um, very compelled to uh, you know to change the approach uh, change how people are you know think things should be solved and, and ask why a lot more. Why does why are things done that way? And you know, we're looking as we continue to expand across network, you know, we're we're releasing and expanding our um, our approach to indirect materials into building a more trusted network inside the four walls of an organization, but more importantly outside of the four walls and like really truly build networks, right? Um, right. that is a big, big part of where we're seeing seeing opportunity and spending a lot of our time it's the old 
I call it this, my supplier calls it that, but it's all really the same thing. And it, and it cripples organizations and, and these supply networks from actually taking shape and understanding that. And uh, a lot more to come going out, you know, out of indirect and really moving into a you know, more prioritized part of the business uh, in the raw and direct material space, which we're, we're going to be tackling, which is really exciting. Excellent point. And going back to that, and, and, and Greg, with your comment here in a second, and we're going to go to Christine uh, for any additional uh, commentary around this new savvy approach. But hey, stomp rockets, bottle rockets, they may be the same thing, but folks are calling them different things. And and uh, McCarty, if you can correct me, I'm not sure what stomp rockets are. I'm taking kind of a leap there. But Greg, I can't remember the example you always use when it, I think pails and buckets. Is that the one you use, Greg, all the time? Yeah. yeah. I mean that, yeah, that's uh, look, the part of, part of what the, I mean, the beautiful simplicity of part of what Verison does is there are all these companies that have grown by acquisition, right? They've got two items that are exactly the same in the old days. If I was a plant manager and Christine was a plant manager, Christine could call it a Bengal bucket and I could call it a chief's bucket or something <laughs> like that, but it's exactly the same product. But then when we go to look up and say, hey, do we have any extra buckets around? We don't find it. And, you know, that's one of the most beautiful things that I think um, Paul and the team do. Everyone has heard, everyone probably fears, and everyone should realize that you don't necessarily have to do what's called a data cleanse anymore. You can take the data and reconcile it and create, it still create a master record that recognize all of those individual identities without having to, to do a whole bunch of project. The five pro, five-year project that Paul was talking about earlier. I think that's beautiful. And I think especially as we're talking about people here and what companies can do for people, I think it's important. First of all, full disclosure, I'm an advisor and investor in Verison also. So um, <laughs> so I know, I know a little bit this of this, but I'm not giving away any inside information, Paul. But one of the most important parts of the Verison culture is this concept of good humans and doing for people, right? And because you know, and because we're tr talking about what companies can do to make their people more effective, and that becomes more important, more important as the workforce changes and has to interact with more automation and more uh, artificial intelligence and other technologies. That aspect of knowing and ch and and challenging and enabling your people, and also treating them fairly, and you know, having the right mixture of people in your company, that becomes really, really important because as we've talked about for years, Scott, that diversity of viewpoint, that diversity of, of um, you know, demographic or whatever the heck you want to call it, just diversity of experience is really, really important. And um, that, you know, that is all part of not only the culture, but also the solutions that Paul and Christine and the team are putting out there. Agreed. But can I go back just for a second? Because I'm, Christine, I'm pulling you in the conversation. If Greg's running the plant and Christine's running the plant, my money's on Christine. Uh, I, I love you. <laughs> I love you, Greg. Big old hug. But uh, we would have in. great and exciting meetings. <laughs> right. Oh yes, I don't know how much we'd get done. <laughs> so Christine, so, so uh, we're going to talk of that last that last uh, thought that Greg shared. We're going to talk about it in a minute, especially as, as it relates to Verison. But but going back to the approach and um, kind of as a piggyback on what Paul and Greg just shared there. What else would you add to what's required today in supply chain? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a ton of data. Um, Laura Ciceri refers to data lakes as data swamps, which I just love because I think it's true. Um, you know, we've 
made or are making um, very large ERP investments, um, BI investments, data lakes. But the problem is the data is there. It may not be very good data, right? And people don't know what to do with it. And I think the, his example of, you know, there's a chief's bucket and a Bengals bucket. You know, at one time there might've been somebody in the organization that knew that those things were the same um, and maybe they were substitutes. Um, but that knowledge has, is leaving the building. Right. And so I think that's one of the things that that is unique to the use of machine learning and artificial intelligence and and data science is we can start to capture that um, in a way that then that knowledge can be, you know, effective across your entire organization. And so I think that that's really novel. Um, you know, most supply chain software companies, they, they haven't started from that space. They've really started from, you know, a very traditional ERP, MRP, maybe, a, you know, advanced planning space. Um, and they're not really looking at, man, I just need to figure out how to better leverage the data that I already have today. Right. So let's, let's keep going. I want to share a couple of quick comments because I, I want to talk more about Greg's last thought and, and around diversity and how that can impact the bottom line, the diversity of thought on when it comes to uh, solutioning and driving innovation and global supply chain is invaluable. So I'm going to circle back on that in a second. I want to share a couple of quick uh, thoughts here, uh, and there's a bunch of them to choose from. Memory, do more with less people leverage, uh, maybe do more with less people leveraging technology, perhaps. Gary Smith says the three major issues of the 2020s are one, the loss of knowledge due to the baby boomer retirement, which we're all speaking to here. Two, the rate of change and disruption will only increase and three climate change. Uh, very succinct and uh, right. Yeah. Check, check, check. Right here. Um, right. Christine. Thank you for sharing that Gary. Um, and he also adds this treat your people well and the profits will follow Gary. That is a great segue to this last aspect of the conversation before we, before we maybe get some, some good news and Greg white, the startup whisperer may just help me unlock that from Paul and Christine. But before we get there, let's talk about Verison and the culture and the organization. Verison's been on the move. You're exploding. I know you're humble about that, uh, Paul and Christine, but man, y'all are hiring left and right. It's been so cool to watch over the last few years. Let's talk about how Verison and with its culture and organization, how you're investing in your people. Uh, Paul? Hey, yeah, no, um, it's you know exciting, exciting time for us as an organization. We've grown considerably. Uh, double, double, more than double headcount in 21. And as we're out talking to customers and the investment community and, you know, the things that we do well as an organization, we have awesome technology, we have a great product, but we have awesome people. Like good humans first is a, is a big, big part of our culture. Uh, diversity of thought, diversity of background in and out of supply chain and people build great businesses and brands. And, you know, we recognize that. And so we're continuing to add, add to that team. Um, and we'll be over, uh, you know, 22 and beyond. Um, but it's, it's really the thing I'm most proud of that we've accomplished over the last couple of years is the, the team, the culture, and, um, you know, we're not perfect by any means, but, um, we all have great intentions of, 
what we want to do, how we want to empower people and how we want to use technology to do that. Mm. Outstanding. So much of that, that whole, that whole response, Greg was like a line of t-shirts here, right? We need to get that into production. <laughs> Christine, Christine, what would you add to that? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things I respect about Paul is it's not just a line. Like he really um, encourages and enables us to be good humans first um, and to build technology um, that that really helps supply chain professionals. And, you know, we just hired um, a head of HR Addie's on the call, I think, um, yeah. to, to really help us on that journey. Um, and then for me, you know, one of the things that when I came into Verison, I told Paul, I'm like, look, we got to do more from a DEI standpoint. We need to have programs and and we need to, you know, leverage um, the Atlanta community, which is very diverse. And then, and, you know, really beyond that. Um, so, you know, recently we stood up internally our first employee resource group, or I guess we're in the process, um, which is Verison now. So Verison's network of women, obviously for me as a technologist, as an electrical engineer and a supply chain professional, that's something that's very close to my heart. Um, it's really only been in the last, you know, several years that I didn't sit in a room that was all men, right? Mm. And so I think the the data supports, even if you don't believe in it, the data supports the need to build dynamic, diverse teams. And that's multiple sexual orientations, multiple genders, ethnics, cultures, socioeconomic backgrounds. If everybody has the same perspective, you only solve a problem one way. Um, but when people have really a diverse perspective, we challenge each other and we figure out how to come to a better solution. And so I think that that for us, it's core to who we are. And you see that then in how we design software and in how we want to make um, supply chain professionals. We want to make their life easier. We want to make sure their companies are more successful. And that because I, I am not a zero sum game kind of a gal think the pie is big enough for supply chains in general to be successful. And for us, we have to take a leadership position supply chain to, to build a better world. And that includes climate and that includes diversity, equity and inclusion. So um, I'm really proud of kind of where we're headed. And I think, you know, you'll continue to see us really strive to be leaders in that space. Gosh, man, y'all too. <laughs> Yeah, two two home run hitters there, Greg. I'm coming to you for your commentary on what Paul and Christina just shared. Really quick, though, I want to share dear our dear friend Allison is with us here today. Allison is one of our guest hosts here at Supply Chain Now and is leading as president, co-owner, uh, manufacturing operation out there. She says, woo-woo. I think I said that right. Woo-hoo, maybe. <laughs> Women and manufacturing. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, man. Uh, she says, women in manufacturing, engineering, supply chain, cheering you on, Christine, from my cheap seats. Allison, thank you so much for being here uh, with this. And um, Memory says, without people, there are no brands. Excellent point there. Okay. So, Greg, there was a lot. There was a truckload of really passion, in uh, intriguing uh, leadership uh, that we heard in the last five minutes, your take, and then we're going to get into some good news. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, I think you, you saw it demonstrated here. I'm not sure what more you could say, except that that's something that we have been seeing and doing and advocating for a long while. And it's good to see a company so committed to that. And, uh, you know, it's not just the numbers. You can sit in a meeting where there are 
bigger gr groups of diverse people and and see the results firsthand. <clears throat> and, you know, to Christine's point, it's not a zero sum, sum game. You know, Scott, I believe there is abundance in the universe. And, you know, that's everybody, everybody should and everybody do, does contribute. So agreed. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is just a great reflection of of how we need to kind of attack the societal conditions we have now. I mean, you know, one of the things we have to recognize is the generation that is leaving the workforce at the greatest rate lived through or or had parents who lived through a massive world depression, right? They didn't see the world as a, they did see the world as a zero sum game because back mm -hmm. then it effectively was. And none of the rest of us, Gen X and the generation since have never had to live through something like that. So we get, I think it's easier for us to believe we weren't imprinted with that notion of um, zero sum, right? And um, we we have it more inherent in our being to be able to to understand that. So, well said. Okay, so I want to share just a couple quick comments here. Yumisha, thank you very much. I uh, appreciate you subscribing to our YouTube channel. Looking forward to you being a part of future live streams. Jason, great topic today: people and education first. I love that, uh, Jason. Dead on. Great to have you back, even though you are one of the world's biggest Alabama fans. See now, Jason is also the kind of guy that gets a. This is probably good for Crawford. Jason's the kind of guy that gets a, a nickname like sunglasses <laughs> or Hollywood or something like that. Hollywood, right. definitely, definitely. Hollywood. <laughs> Pierre says but that's how you get it, Crawford. That's true. <laughs> you get a or or you, you make a really bad woo woo like I did a second right. ago. Right. Um, yeah. Woo woo Luton. Pierre right. says. <laughs> Technology is a tool. Give people the time to become proficient at a given technology prior to introducing the newest approach. This builds confidence and stability. And I would add trust to that. And with trust, as Paul, as all of y'all were talking about throughout the conversation, you can move, absolutely move mountains when you've got trust in these relationships and in your supply chain. Okay. Scott, if I can yeah. just reinforce that a minute, it's the reason that our recommendation is people start to experiment, if you will, with us and supply chain intelligence on the MRO side, because because it's not as strategic as your direct materials in a lot of businesses. It allows us to reduce the risk, to increase that time to value and, and let your people really get comfortable with what it means and how it works. And so, you know, we started in MRO. It's it's we love it and we are going to continue to innovate there. But now I think us as an organization and our customers are ready for us to move into direct materials and provide that same type of material truth. And so, you know, I have a lot of people that are like, oh, but shouldn't I only want to do raw materials and components? No, 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 no. You're not starting in the right place. You're you're manufacturing risk for your org that doesn't need to be there. Mm. Gosh, so much more. Uh, I'm looking forward to future conversations. We've got a little bit of good news. I think we'll be one of the first uh, uh, folks to report on here today. But before, two quick comments. Manuel, in the, clearly in the Air Force, he says the Air Force has multi-million dollar aircraft, but without the talented airmen supporting these platforms, the technology means nothing. Thank you, Manuel, for your service. Uh, and, and the teams you're with completely agree. And I would add, you know, we often think of the pilots, but all the maintainers, man, the maintainers got their work cut out, especially on, the, on, on these long running military uh, programs. And 
memory. Speaking of um, speaking of aircraft, although Top Gun is a Navy reference, I'm gonna use it here. So Jason T. Hopkins, Top Gun, new nickname, and go. thank you as <laughs> deemed by memory. Okay, so uh, great movie, 1986. My brother Clay Luton fell asleep five minutes into the movie, and he's never. <laughs> we've been giving him a hard time ever since. All right, so Greg, speaking another of way Top, to get a nickname. That's right. <laughs> speaking of Top Guns, but when it comes to Big time players growing, succeeding, innovating in global supply chain. Hey, Verison's top of the list. So I don't know. Start at Whisper, Greg. Have you put your finger? What are you hearing? Any any news here? You might be hearing. Yeah, I may have heard that uh, something big was happening with Paul and Christine and the team at Verison, and and uh, you know we probably ought to let them spill the beans, but it is big and it's uh, it. It requires uh, congratulations. So let me be the first on air to congratulate you now. Tell us what I'm congratulating you for, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. No, and I uh, appreciate having us on today. It's a, a super exciting day uh, for Verison and, and our customers and, you know, all the good humans we surround ourselves with. Uh, we announced today our uh, Series B funding, which is a $25 million um, capital raise that we're gonna be already immediately putting it to work, um, welcoming uh, a, a great new partner to our board and team. Um, so this, this round was led by Scale Venture Partners out of the Bay Area, who has a great track record of helping uh, companies like ours get into growth stage and really pour gas on, gas on the fire, so to speak. Uh, from a capital perspective, but more importantly, from a brand building perspective. Um, and uh, also with that, welcoming Stacy Bishop to our board, um, which uh, adds to uh, a really great team of investors and partners that we have around the table to do some pretty incredible things. So we talked a lot about it throughout throughout the show. Um, but, you know, really for this, this is going to allow us to invest in a lot of people resources. So, you know, just hired our head of people and culture. Um, we're going to be resourcing heavily across all functions of the business, uh, from engineering to data science, to product, to sales and marketing and customer uh, and, uh, and, and entering, you know, continuing to, uh, really drive and, and, and change the way organizations, um, manage and, uh, manage their material supply across the indirect space and MRO. We're not shifting away from that. We're going to accelerate that vision um, across network and, and supply. And uh, but we are going to be resourcing up and um, simplifying, uh, increasing velocity and uh, and really building a sustainable way to manage all of your materials. So getting into the raw and direct material space to help our customers, which has been, it's been a market pool, right? So market pool, customer pool, prospect pool, um, and we're ready for it now. So that, that, you know, what we've been building over the last couple of years um, gives us a ton of confidence that we can change the way organizations are, you know, managing materials across their entire network, direct or indirect. So really excited. Love. And thanks for having us on. You bet. Paul, go ahead and say it. 
you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't yeah. seen nothing yet. I love this. Congratulations from all your friends here. We've known you all a long time, and it's amazing to see yeah. what you've seen. Congrats on this big-time uh, news. And if I could do a cartwheel, I'd go out and do it in my front yard right now uh, for an outstanding Series B race. Christine, you got to be tickled. And I, really uh, quick, yeah. before you respond, before you respond really quick, I had a chance to sit down, Greg, one-on-one with the legendary Christine Barnhart. And I'm going to tell you, just like y'all have seen here, she'll blow you away. And <laughs> to see this new infusion of talent that both of y'all have been speaking to, holy cow, it changes the whole trajectory. It changes, as Paul put it, how fast you can move and how big, even bigger problems you can solve. So, Christine, uh, you, how excited are you? I mean, I'm super excited. I, I wouldn't have joined Paul back in October um, if he hadn't sold me on his vision. Um, and now I think we have the funds to really bring that vision to fruition uh, and very quickly, you know, in the coming months. And so I think, you know, the experience that we've gained on the MRO side, the relationships that we've built, super important. We want to continue to grow and nurture those. But taking that learning and now applying it to raw materials, components, ingredients, assemblies, the things that, you know, allow a company to build a product that they can sell. It's it's an area of supply chain that I think has been long neglected. Um, we're all dazzled by the finished good and the demand, you know, side of the business. But if you don't have the right materials, you're not making product. And so, you know, for us, we're just super excited. Um, I think you're going to see really great things for us as we start to grow and ramp and accelerate. Agreed. Greg, a quick comment before we make sure folks know how to connect with Paul and Christine. Yeah, well, it's great to see good things happen to good humans. And I mean, Paul and the team have been working hard, um, you know, and they, and they have not only created a great product, but they've created incredible results for their current clients and an incredible level of trust with those clients. And that's why, as Christine says, they're being pulled into other parts of the business to do more. And man, what a lesson for somebody who is starting a technology company. You don't just want to get to that level of uh, product, right? You want to get to that level of trust with your client where they're asking you to do more and maybe even taking you a little bit outside of your initial vision or comfort zone. But you see, if you see a, a path to that kind of opportunity, it's great to be trusted by your current customers and have so many customers coming to you or, you know, or, or responding to the, the benefit and the, um, you know, the risk, the return on investment that you provide to them. So this is a great model for a technology company, just what, what Paul and the team have done here in so many ways. Outstanding. What a great crescendo. The whole conversation led to crescendo of this big announcement here today. Um, yeah. All right, really quick. I know, Paul, you got a hard stop, but both y'all may. Um, how can folks connect with y'all and learn more about Veris? And then, Paul, let's start with you. Yeah, so LinkedIn, um, Paul Noble, uh, Paul J. Noble across all the you know social platforms. And then with Verison, uh, at Verison AI or Verison.com. Wonderful. Or the dog pound. <laughs> yeah. right. Cleveland Browns dog pound. <laughs> Love right. that. Uh, Christine, same question. 
Yeah, I mean, I think LinkedIn is probably the most logical way to get in touch with me. I'm pretty accessible um, for those that might be attending the uh, Society of Plastics um, Professionals. They have a, a DEI in manufacturing conference on Thursday and Friday. Um, so you can hit me up there as well. And, and I'll be speaking. There's kind of an interactive platform. So I think, you know, either of those methods would work for me pretty well. Awesome. Uh, one final little shot for Christine Houday. Good luck. It's going to be one heck of a game, Cincinnati, Kansas City, this coming weekend. Uh, but big, <laughs> no, kidding aside, uh, congrats. Seriously, on behalf of our entire team here, uh, yeah. the remarkable uh, journey that uh, Paul and Christine and the Verison team's on. Um, so, Paul, big thanks to you and Christine for joining us here today. We've been talking with Paul Noble and Christine Barnhart with Verison. Don't go, don't, don't be strangers. We're going to have y'all back, I think, in February with us, and we look forward to that. Thank you so much. Just getting Thanks. started. Right. <laughs> okay. Thank Thanks, you, Paul. Thanks, everybody. Get it. I love it. <clears throat> he, uh, <laughs> so, Greg, I, there's, uh, I like how you put that there. Um, it's, great, it's great to see good things happen to good humans. Uh, I can't agree with you more. What's, so we talked about so much there. I mean, from... Yeah. Level setting, what's going on, workforce, technology, new approaches, and then, uh, of course, diversity and the power, the sheer power diversity. And then, of course, the Verison story and and their latest news. What's uh, out of all of that? What's one of the favorite things that you heard there? I think the, the focus on people. Look, I mean, we can talk about what technology is going to do, but the truth is technology is enabled by and an enabler for human beings. So. Um, you have to keep that in perspective. And that is a, that seems really like common sense, but having implemented technology over 2000 times, I can tell you that it is almost never the, the fact, the way that a company goes into uh, a technology initiative or a digital transformation with the viewpoint of the, of the people. So I think that's a really important message. Um, that, that they keep their eye on that ball, even when they're implementing their own technology, right? Um, makes uh, makes good sense. And that the world is changing. It's going to continue to change. And it's going to take people to adapt technology or adopt technology to meet that change. So. Well said. Well said. Uh, Greg, I couldn't have said it better. Delighted to have you back. I know you've been traveling coast to coast, it seems like here lately. But hey, uh, such is life. And uh, we couldn't have had a great, uh, better conversation here today with Paul and Christine yeah. from Barrison. And by the way, Gary, thanks. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, Gary, I appreciate the comments. Some of the comments we're getting here from Gary and Benjamin and some others. Uh, thank you all for all the what y'all dropped in the comments. I, I, we had several truckloads of T-shirtisms, and we're going to be trying, folks, coming attractions. Amanda might break my legs since I, I said this, but we're going to be trying to pull some of these comments out, those real T-shirtisms. And share that along with, of course, all the snackables from these conversations to give it all more visibility. So stay tuned on that. Greg, a pleasure. I look forward. Good, good right, luck to your Kansas City Chiefs. And get hey, next time, got to bring some of that barbecue home. And just like that, we lost uh, Greg White. He, he didn't like the challenge, maybe. <laughs> so, hey, Murphy's Law is alive well. But hopefully you all enjoyed this conversation conversation with our dear friends at Verison as much as Greg and I did. Thanks for all the big comments. Again, big thanks to all the folks behind the scenes, Amanda, uh, Kathleen, uh, Catherine, Chantel, Clay, you name it, for helping to make production happen here today. If I can challenge you to do one thing, though, on behalf of our entire supply chain now team, hey, do good, give forward, 
be the change that's needed. And on that note, we'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.